Hey, Rule Breakers, this is Anya Alvarez, and I'm with my co-host, Adele Jackson Gibson. Hello. <laughs> it's my rally cry for you. <laughs> I've always needed a rally cry. I need to record that and play that when I wake up in the morning. It's a perfect alarm. <laughs> uh, we, we spoke with somebody who is muy fuerte. That means very strong, right? I don't know. I'm Mexican. I should know this. Yeah, but anyway. I was about to say, you're Latina. Why are you asking me? <laughs> you even said Latina more the, better than you said in your Spanish. I know. Word. Listen, listen. But we did talk to a phenomenal woman who can definitely lift more than you and I combined. We'll see about that. Good. <laughs> going to have a showdown uh, later on. I will call her up. Um, But yeah, we have LaToya Watts on today, who is an IFBB pro figure athlete. And for those people who don't know what the IFBB is, it's the International Federation of Bodybuilding. So uh, yeah, she's pretty badass. Um, She's a two-time Miss Olympia, which is one of the like the biggest uh, figure and bikini and all the bodybuilding competition in the world. And she was the first woman of color to win it in 2015. Um, unfortunately, she missed out on this year's competition. Um, she was second last year and was hoping to regain her title this year, uh, but had to drop out last minute because of some medical reasons. Um, but yeah, she is pretty, pretty cool. She's also won a bunch of Arnold's too, which is a, another top uh, competition. So um, really excited about this conversation and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Stay tuned. Welcome to Rule Breakers. Hey, Latoya, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. The uh, Olympia, you weren't there, unfortunately. That was sad. What what happened there? I had some medical um, concerns, and I just felt I really needed to step out of the show. You know, just take a step back and really take care of myself, my health, which is first. It happened last minute. I was prepping for the show. Um, really feeling I could bring bring my best physically. It was just more mental. Mental for me, I didn't feel there. And mm. me being a competitor, me being at the level I'm at, going back to regain my title. You know, I wasn't just going back to just see what happens. I was going back to regain my title. So I needed to be there 100% as far as my health and mentality. So I just was like, you know what? Why not? Why not just take this full break. I took a break from Arnold this year. And um, even though stepping back from Olympia, that wasn't easy. It kind of was like, well, you know, I haven't really competed this year at all. And I do need to take care of myself and put myself first. And I really wanted to do that just to show people, hey, yeah, we're competitors or hey, yeah, we do this or we do that. And but you really have to think about yourself first. You really have to put yourself first. So I got a big response, a lot of um, support. For, for doing that. And uh, I think it was probably the best decision that I could make. And I just look forward to being back next year. I, I think that's got to be a hard decision, though. I mean, you're, you were getting ready and you were training. How do you, I mean, how did you finally come to the decision like, okay, I have, I can't do this. I need to take a break. I don't want to put my 
health at risk, physical, and it also sounds like mental too. Oh yeah. Um, it just, it, it was hard to do. It was hard. It was definitely hard because I kept going back and forth, but I knew it had to be done because all I could think about was the day of the show. Hey, what if mm-hmm. something goes wrong? Or what if the week of the show, I can't, you know, peak like I need to, or I can't take the necessary steps to bring in my absolute best. So that's pretty much what I was thinking about more so than anything. Because yeah, I could have stepped on stage. I was there during the weekend. I was there there at the event. And a lot of people thought I could have competed. But I just know me. I know I'm all about I know what I'm supposed to be bringing. I know what I can bring. And it's not nobody's going to feel sorry for you if I would have went on stage and not done well. And I'd be like, oh, well, I have this. Nobody cares. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like I have to do do what's best for me. And the show will, the stage will always be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. That's what, made it, that's what made it a little bit easier for me. Just, you know, mm-hmm. saying that. Like, the stage will be there. I'm curious because, so... I mean, Anya and I have like never done bodybuilding before. And (laughs) obviously like you decided to drop out of this competition. And I think for anybody who's like a layman in the sport would just like look at him like, oh, they're just like showing off their muscles. Like what kind of like effort do you actually have to put on stage? Can you like really talk about like what, what it takes to do well at a competition? Like what, what energy is needed? Like, just if you could describe that a little bit for us so we can understand you need everything everything you have you need (laughs) to be at the level that we're at at olympia Mm. your mentality needs to be a hundred your diet needs to be a hundred your conditioning your training everything needs to be on point you have to put yourself in a bubble you're sacrificing yourself dedication is a hundred discipline is a hundred and you're doing that for four months at a time for one show and people compete at multiple shows. So just imagine year round for a lot of competitors, it's that. And you have to put everything you have into being the best. A lot of people like to just do it because, oh, cool, you know, I've lost some weight or, you know, I just got in the gym, I wanna do a show. Oh, that's cool, you know, but being at the level we're at, it's way more than anybody can ever imagine who's never competed. You know, you have to put everything in. I mean, you have to imposing. Yes. Posing, presentation, all of that has to be on point. Your presentation. I mean, that could be that could be one and two right there. That could be, oh, well, she looks great or she looks great or he looks great. We're really fighting with who should be first. But if they bring that presentation, they nail that presentation. That can make all the difference. So I used to work out at a gym where a lot of bodybuilders um, and uh, the NPC bikini athletes would also work out there and I always saw them practicing their poses and Mm -hmm. that looked like a lot of energy because you're flexing your muscles too right when you're it's yes it's a workout yeah and I always want to join them I'm kind of sad that I didn't just like pop into (laughs) class one day and be like hey (laughs) Anya found a new sport posing (laughs) I'm a professional poser which and that's it they're like they're like, do you compete? You're like, no, I pose. They're like, what? <laughs> what, what, I find interesting, <laughs> what I find interesting about your story, though, is that you didn't play sports growing up. You were kind of like the anti-athlete, kind of from what I understand. You just weren't really interested. And then you fell into a sport later into your life that is not just a sport that most people can just pick up and be as great at it as you have been. 
It's true. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't into sports. I wasn't really, um, I guess I was athletic because I pretty much, I'm the only child and I had fun and grew up and played around with my, um, cousins, which were male cousins. So, you know, we ran and, and ran up and down the street and climbed trees. And I mean, I was active and, uh, enjoyed being active and being outside, but, um, junior high school, high school, no. I did not, I did not perform in any sports. And it's funny because all the PE teachers saw underneath all the baggy clothes that I wore, I guess. They saw the physique that I carried around and they used to ask, hey, you're gonna come to the track meet? Are you gonna come and, and do this? They really, really wanted me to, because I'm, I'm assuming they saw something there and really wanted me to, um, you know, take part of the, the sports and the activities in high school, but I just didn't. I just didn't do that. And and by the way, I was always kind of ashamed of the physique. I mean, I I genetically have this build and was so ashamed of it. I always thought it looked so masculine. So that's why I used to cover up in school. Mm. So I used to wear all these baggy clothes and shirts and didn't ever want to dress up in PE. I think I failed PE because I never wanted to dress out. So it was a physique that I was always ashamed of. Um, so I didn't care to go out and display it. Later on in life, um, I guess I embraced it. Obviously, I met my uh, man that I'm with now, and he was into training. Nothing into bodybuilding, nothing to that extreme. But I thought that that would be the way to um, really spend more quality time with him is follow him around at the gym. And um, luckily got noticed by a promoter out here in Las Vegas, Steve Carr. And he just suggested, hey, you should compete. And I thought to myself, all I could think of was my physique getting more, um, more manly. That's all I thought about. Because like I said, I always thought that I had more of that, um, you know, masculine physique. So I was thinking I would never lift and, um, you know, and, and, and really go that route or, or look that way. But then he kind of talked me into it and, and stated, hey, there's bikini. You know, you, what about that? You really don't have to do much. You know, at the time it, the divisions just started. So I was like, Hey, why not? It was cool. That would be cool. Just, just to pause for a second. So bikini is like when, you know, the women are like not as muscular as figure, right? Just to clarify. Yes. There's, um, there's women's physique, which has the, the more muscularity, um, more, more of the striations, a little bit harder, leaner. Then you have figure in the division that I am, you have that muscularity. You don't have, you're not as hard. You have a little bit of fullness, but still lean, still want to see the, um, the definition. And then you have bikini, which are, they're conditioned athletes, but they don't have the, the muscularity. They don't have the detail. And right now that's not what they want. You know, they don't want that in bikini either. You know, it's more, more soft, but you know, a, a soft athletic uh, physique is what the bikini yeah, athletes carry around I, i'm hoping that they start a division called soft and short anya's soft and short <laughs> so you never know okay you never know. <laughs> so uh hashtag golf bod anyway so you started in um bikini um, yes so yeah started in bikini and then started what? in bikini in 09 yeah and that's that's where it all just took you know, took off from there. I didn't, I didn't have a coach at the time. Cause again, it was like, Oh, I could just go online and, you know, figure out a cookie cutter diet from someone that's competed and, and go from there. And that's what I did do. I did that for like a year and a half, maybe even two years. 
um, did a few shows. My very first show, again, was the year that Bikini came about. So they didn't have um, a look or they didn't know exactly what it was that they were looking for for Bikini yet. So I won. And then the years uh, after that, the years following that, I did not win. Um, too much muscle is what I was told. And of course, looking at the pictures now, I'm like, what was I thinking? Hell yeah, I had too much muscle. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> so I laugh, but, uh, <laughs> but I moved forward. I, I met the coach that I am with now, Manny Torres. And yeah. he was like, I want, I want to get you ready for figure. And I still was like, Mm-mm, I want to do bikini. That's what I want to do. Now that I have a coach, I bet I can get down to that. So we did one bikini show together. I was the smallest, the leanest I ever been, but still, you know, definitely, um, was not, ready uh was was not ready for that so i did not place and then after that i just kept doing i just did figure i just did figure i went to california there wasn't a lot of shows in vegas at the time drove to california many a times um to do competitions out there did well i would place in the top five and then uh, turned pro in 2013 and just took off from there like haven't stopped since then and that's um that's That's funny because i did four shows 2013 2014 2015, I won my first Olympia. 2016, I won my first, uh, my second Olympia, but that's when I started winning the Arnold Classics from there. So it was nonstop, nonstop. So this year, when I did take a step back from all those shows, it, it kind of was needed. It, it was definitely needed. Yeah. I just think I just kept going. I was on a high from the wins, from all the things that I was um, able to do, you know, the competitive lifestyle, working out. I was loving it. And I still do. But my body needed a break. Yeah. And well, I'm curious as someone that since you didn't play sports growing up, mm-hmm. were, were you competitive though still by nature? Was there a competitive spirit that you had that um, kind of, I guess, allowed you to excel in this sport? Because you still, ha- you have to be competitive in this. And you also, you had to learn a lot, a lot of stuff about in terms of just like training your body and then nutrition. So there are all these different things that you weren't just having to immerse yourself in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I had a def- I had a um, competitive side growing up. As I was saying, playing with my cousins, you know, just that who can run the fastest, who can do this. So I grew up with just that competitive mm-hmm. edge, and um, just luckily meeting the coach that I have, he just taught me everything. He taught me how to train properly. He taught me form. He taught me about nutrition. And I just come up, I just came up from that. But the thing is that a lot of people don't know is it just took time. Yeah, it seems as if everything kind of moved quickly for me, but I was, I was not that, that girl to be like, oh, I need to do a show and I need to win. It was like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the journey. I enjoyed the journey. I enjoyed working out. I enjoyed watching my body change. Um, so it was, it had to do a lot with patience. You know, as I said, I would place, I wouldn't place, and then I would place within the top five. I wasn't getting wins, but it still made me hungry. It still made me be like, okay, cool. Well, let's see, you know, if I can get better at this show or let me see what can happen here. And it was practice, practice, and patience, and just more dedication. I was learning a lot about myself, and I succeeded. And that's what's so dope about it because all these people that come from, that well don't come from a background of of being an athlete or running track like a lot of competitors do or just having no athletic background it's dope that i was able to be successful and they could see that they can do the same um competitors that Mm -hmm. i go up against they have an athletic background they run track they've done this they've done this for years okay 
but I didn't come from that. So I think it's pretty cool to let people know and to give people hope that they can do it. You didn't have to grow up running track or you didn't have to grow up playing these sports, baseball, basketball, whatever it is that a lot of others do. You didn't have to do that. You just need to have that dedication, that discipline. Um, and you got to want it. First of all, I have hear so many people say, how do you do it? You know, uh, again, you didn't come from that and you, um, I love to eat and then, yeah, I love to eat too. I love to do those things. But for me, it's like, all right, I'm in a zone for three months, four months. I can do this. I can make this sacrifice. Food will always be there. These opportunities won't. <laughs> so that's what pushes me. <laughs> There's something that you said earlier that I, that I personally really relate to in terms of the fact that you felt ashamed or like were worried that your body was going to become too masculine mm -hmm. if you lifted. Um, me personally, well, I, I was, so I'm a CrossFit coach and I've never really like felt super insecure about looking too masculine, but I was kind of struck by the comments that I get sometimes. I remember one time I came out of my CrossFit gym after a workout and there's this guy who was just like standing at the door and he looks at me and he goes, where are your boobs? Oh, and wow. I was, she was, he was like, a woman should have boobs. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, why would you feel so bold to say that to me? Um, and I was just wondering if you've ever experienced, whether it was like when you're younger or n now that you're older about, you know, either men making comments or women making comments about your body and how you've handled that. I have had that. I think um, that's where the insecurity came from when I was younger, just because I looked so different. You know, I had these big legs. I had abs when I was young, you know, um, small breasts, you know, all that. So, you know, kids, <laughs> they don't care. So they would, of course, say stuff. And that's what made me continue to cover up, you know, um, going through school and everything. As of now, I don't really hear it as much. Maybe they're scared because they probably feel like I can whoop their ass or something. But... Um, <laughs> I don't hear it right now, but I do get the stares. I do get the stares and, and sometimes you get the stares and you get the respect and they do come up to you and compliment you. And sometimes you get the stares and the laughs. So you just gotta, I just know that, you know, what I do, it's unfortunate it comes with that because then you have the other side, um, you know, the more unhealthy physiques that, that that's more of the norm. I still feel like the physiques that we carry, um, the muscular physiques on women, just is something that still is not really all the way accepted unless you're in this sport. When when you started training, I mean, first you said you'd kind of gotten to working out because your boyfriend, you would follow him around the gym. Now, I imagine you don't mean you were stalking him in the gym. You're literally like... we, we knew each other already. <laughs> but... <laughs> But when when you decided to take this more seriously, um, how did he support you in that? And you know, was did it motivate him at all to start kicking up his gears a little bit when he saw like, oh shit, she's she's gonna be a champion? <laughs> <laughs> um, nope. He said, I'm, just, "I'm gonna do what the hell I was doing before, so don't think that I'm doing extra." <laughs> But no, um, he, <laughs> he's always been at, you know, into, into lifting, as I said, and just being healthy, you know, before, way before me. So nothing's changed. I mean, of course his form's better, you know, uh, his workouts are way more improved. We get to train together. 
So that's really, really exciting for us. You know, we have something that we love to do together. Um, he's very supportive. It did get to a point where, of course, I was, my physique has changed from what he fell in love with. That physique is gone. So my physique has changed, but he still loves me. And, and we talk about he still it. Loves it though. I, I tell him, hey, when it's, when it's too much, let me know. Cause I always wonder if athletes kind of just improve, improve, improve. And sometimes, you know, you're, you're a little bit more um, than you expect it to be you know, kind of probably quickly. So I used to be like, let me know, you know, let me know if I'm getting too big for you or, you know, if I need to, you know, scale it back a little bit, you know, I'm really, I really care about what he thinks because it's at this point where it is all about the improvements. If I need to, you know, round out my shoulders a little more, get a little bit more defined in the back, you know, I'm all about that um, to a point. I'm, I'm still going to always want to bring what I want to bring and what I think looks best for my physique. But, you know, I asked for his input. And as of now, he loves it. He's very supportive. He allows, not allows me, but he's definitely okay with me traveling and um, the things that come with what I do. He's, he's open-minded, supportive. So it's the perfect, the absolutely perfect situation. So he, he gives me that space to grow and I couldn't ask for anything um, better than that. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, because obviously with um, bodybuilding, you're trying to create the ideal physique and you're being judged and obviously you're in a relationship and you want to like, you know, maintain, you know, a happy relationship. Um, and also you have your own judgments of yourself. I'm wondering how you go through the sport without being too self-critical um about your body or about your self-worth because i can see some people easily going down the rabbit hole of like oh it's not perfect enough um how do you handle that it is hard um i think i handle it because of this my support you know team my system my family my friends my coach i think that's how i get by um, because you do have that, oh my God, I'm not good enough, or what did I do wrong? But then again, you just have to go back and remember, this is something you are doing in front of judges. This is subjective. At the end of the day, all you can do is control what you bring. And and that's the best thing that, oh, that's like one of the, the, the best advices I've ever gotten. You know, it's like, bring what you bring. Be happy with what you're doing. That's the thing. Be happy with what you are doing. If this is what you want to do, be happy with it. Enjoy the journey. Bring the physique that you want to bring. Or, you know, you, you can be mindful and, and, and stick to the criteria of what, what needs to, um, what your physique needs to look like to be successful in the sport that you're in or the division you're in. Yes. But then again, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it's out of your hands and this is what you chose. Um, but again, you know, just being critical, like you said, it's just more of who you have around you and uh, more of how you, you think mm -hmm. about it. You shouldn't beat your up, beat yourself up too bad. But then again, we do. I mean, we are competitors, but it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And then off season too, I'm sure that's even a lot harder for people to adjust to their normal physiques. Who wants to look normal when you've seen your physique at, at its best? And that's just mm -hmm. something you have to adjust to. You have to just be patient again and mm -hmm. figure out what works, what works best for you. After a show's in the beginning, I used to binge. 
I used to, you know, um, prep for shows three, four months, as I said. And right after a show, I used to eat stuff I ain't never heard of before, never even before, just because I could. And I used to binge and gain 20, 30 pounds right after a show and be sick and throwing up and crying because now look at me. How can I go out and be seen? I just stepped on stage looking the best I've ever looked or Mm -hmm. I just stepped on stage and won a show. So it's something, it, it comes with this sport. A lot of people don't talk about it, but again, we're human. And it comes with the sport and you just have to find that balance. You have to find that balance. You have to be patient and you have to figure it out for yourself. Is is there a support group within the bodybuilding community to talk about issues like that, especially dealing with maybe body image issues that you're having after you're taking maybe an off season or after a competition? I'm not aware, um, but it's funny you said it because I, I was just curious. It's funny you say it because I brought it up. I'm not aware if there is, um, but more and more, I have a friend that's a therapist and I was actually, I've been wanting to do that. I've been really, you know, um, thinking about it a lot, wanting to go to school for that. And I, and me and her were talking about it. I was like, you know what? It should be this. It, it really is a serious subject because I get messages a lot regarding that. How do you deal with it? How do you do that? And I'm like, you know what? This, this should be something that, that should happen if, if it's not. I do think it's important, and it's funny because I think um, I think the NFL just added that. Not just not for the not for your it's, not for their physiques, but you right. know, um, uh, um, probably retirement or just athletes in general. They um, they need that. Is, is, do you notice a difference between the men and the women, and maybe how they view their bodies? Because it seems like for the men, it is obviously still more acceptable to be super strong and muscular. So I'm just curious if if you have if they have talked about body image issues that they have and how they may differ from the women. I don't I'm sure they do. I mean, I hear about it from other coaches, you know, their male athletes, how they're like really insecure and how they have the same body dysmorphia or, you know, um, issues with their physiques as well. I'm sure we all go through. Go through it. I'm sure we do. There's, if there's one thing I noticed, though, it seems like at the competitions, even though you guys are competing against one another, you guys seem very supportive of like how much work you guys have put into your bodies and stuff like that. And even though you weren't competing um, at the Olympia this year, um, there were six out of like the eight titles um, that went to people of color, which is like a big deal. <laughs> right. um, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Um, in terms of like us, like in America, celebrating the black body, the muscular black body, which has been, you know, put down and not valued for a very long time. And I'm wondering where you see people of color in this sport right now. For me, I feel like it's just a matter of time. Um, reason why I say that is because I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's facts. I've always thought that maybe we it took a little bit for us to be rewarded because um, maybe people seem like maybe maybe it seemed as if um, it came easy for us because we genetically a lot of us genetically have these shapes. Um, I, I just felt like we just finally needed to get the right coaching and the right nutrition and condition them. So I'm not saying just because, you know, you have this 
these black athletes stepping on these stages, yeah, with these genetically small waists and wide shoulders that they should win. No, not necessarily, because they needed to figure it out. And as I said before, find what worked and bring in the conditioning that was needed. And so I feel like, wow, I mean, once you put those two together, <laughs> once you put it all together in that package, I think it's at a point where it's kind of undeniable now. So I just see, uh, I see a lot of us really um, coming up and not necessarily say take over, but I just feel like a lot of us will be, will be on that stage really showcasing, showcasing these beautiful bodies and all the work that we've put into them. So uh, it, it's a beautiful thing. I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome. Is, is there an active effort taking place to kind of recruit more people of color to get in the space of bodybuilding? I just think uh, people like us, people like myself, people like, um, you know, Phil Heath or Sidney Gillen or um, Brandon Hendrickson, who just won Mr. Um, Mr. Physique Olympia. He took the title from Jeremy Buendia, actually. I just feel like these athletes and Shanique Grant, who just won um, women's physique. I got to make sure I shout out all these athletes that were sh doing their thing this weekend. I just feel like uh, um, I just feel like w us winning and people taking notice is will continue to open that door. I just feel like we have opened that door. I mean, for me, I'm the first African-American woman to win figure, to win figure Olympia. So what just happened? I opened that door. Now I've opened that door. Now you'll have more athletes coming in and, but coming in, not just coming in, but seeing that it could be done. So they're like, you know what? I want to compete. I'm going to, you know, get on my nutrition. I'm going to find a coach. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to see if I can do it. Latoria, she didn't come from no athletic background. Yeah, she genetically has this, but she's had to put in this work. So I just feel like I'm giving hope. I'm giving inspiration and I'm motivating as well as the other athletes of color. They are doing that for these athletes or for these, you know, up and coming athletes. We're just, we're just opening that door. And so it, it just needed to happen. That's what it, it needed to happen. It needed to be seen because that's how everything works, right? You see something you're like, oh, I don't know, it's cool. But once it happens, it's like, oh, shit, okay. That's that's what happened. That door just needed to be open. So now I just think it's just going to be bum rushed now. So it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Well, it sounds like you guys took the door off the hinges <laughs> and now uh, yeah. all these people can come through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, who were the... The black women who won this year? Uh, Shanique Grant, she won women's physique. Uh, Sydney Gillen, she mm -hmm. won women's figure. Um, then you have Brandon Hendricks, Hendrickson that won men's physique. Then you have Breon that won classic physique. Um, then you have Sean Roden that took, um, took the title from seven-time Mr. Olympia Phil Heath. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's really impressive. Mm -hmm. We're making it. <laughs> <laughs> I am black. <laughs> this is radio. <laughs> but, you know, you got yeah. a lot of them coming up. I so, mean, yeah. women, women oh, are just we swept, all ethnicities. I mean, you have, you know, these Hispanic women coming up, you know, a lot of Asian women, um, just women in general, you know, coming up. But any color, I mean, especially the, the division itself for, for women is, is a hard one. Um, so all the women of color, you know, I salute them and. Um, all women, just in general, I salute them.
all the hard work that we have to we have to do and go through. I mean, just being a woman and having the issues that we have. I mean, for me, having to take having to pull back or pull out of a show for you know uh, medical concerns, which are you know intimate and sensitive and female related. It's we have to we have to endure a lot, and the men just keep going and going and going. So it's a lot for us. Maybe you don't have to talk about what you went through specifically since it's intimate, but I'm wondering like what kind of female like biological issues come up in terms of bodybuilding. I'm not familiar. Um, anything. I mean, anything that could cause inflammation or anything that could cause, um, you know, um, I guess I can talk about subjects of um, cycles, like menstrual cycles or anything that could complicate that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you get your period right before a competition how does that impact i mean i'm sure i mean just in general you're bleeding so that's inflammation right there but i'm sure there's probably i'm sure there's many a women that probably have their periods if they're not too lean there's some women that can be so lean they don't even get it but i've always i've always gotten mine and believe it or not Mm -hmm. i've always had it on stage for some reason (laughs) but um (laughs) but (laughs) it's like oh she going up all right we coming and you coming (laughs) uh But I'm sure there's there's women that have dealt with it and do deal with it, and they probably deplete so much, they probably dry out so much, cut back water, use diuretics, whatever it is that they use, and it's probably not an issue. Um, but there are female issues, probably endometriosis, fibroids, um, just um, irregular periods. There's all kinds of things I'm sure that women deal with being pregnant or wanting to be pregnant. Hormones, you know, too much estrogen. Um, there's, there's a, there's a lot of issues I'm sure women go through that can uh, hurt them, as far as you know, being on stage, hurt their, uh, their placings, or their chances of being on stage and doing can, well. I'm curious about the pay difference, uh, and you talked a little bit about this before about the pay difference between the men and the women, and the men get six mm-hmm. figures and the the winner of Miss Olympia gets 35,000 is that still correct Yes um I believe for figure for women's physique for bikini uh, I believe all the women I believe for, for And so too, what what is what is being done to help close that gap is there anything happening within the industry where you are talking about uh, equal pay or at least you know i don't know some sort of equity between the two is there talk about i mean of course there's always talk i don't know what's being done i don't know what needs to i actually as far as the business side of it i'm not sure and, and i do not know what it is that needs to take place for um the money to increase for the women, if that's if that's kind of what you're asking, I know. Um, again, as you said, the men do get six figures, but I know the talk of that and the reasons behind it is the men bring in the crowd. You know, bodybuilding is what was at Olympia. You know, um, men's bodybuilding is, is is what started this, and 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 what has branched off. All these divisions have branched off from that. So. Um, of course, everybody wants to come. They're bringing the crowd. Everybody wants to see bodybuilding and sponsors pay into that and, and whoever pays into that. So I'm sure that probably has a lot to do with the money that they get. 
I'm hoping that we are and will continue to bring in those crowds and bring in those sponsors and, and hoping that they want to put in uh, money for us or money for the women. I mean, the money has increased. I know um, the divisions have, have made more money and I just, I, I see a shift. I see it happening. I pray it happens. We work hard. We all, we all put in our, you know, put in the work that we need to put in to bring those physiques to stage and to be successful and to put on a show. So I do hope that, um, that it does happen. Obviously, like the top prize money goes to the person who wins, which, you know, not many people win. I'm sure most of the year you guys are spending a lot of money with coaches and your nutrition and, you know, your body work stuff. Um, I'm wondering how much like, you know, is this an expensive sport to be a part of? And like, how do you support yourself if it is? It, it is, it is, and it, it can be, um, definitely being an amateur getting into this sport, you know, it, it can break you. I've dealt with that. I've dealt with traveling out of my, you know, and spending money out of my own pocket, traveling, buying supplements, the suits, the hair, the makeup, everything that it takes to step on that stage and look the way I look, Soups. you know, it, it, it came out of my pocket. Becoming a pro after that, you know, was a little bit better. I started getting sponsorships. I started getting things taken care of. And then after winning, you know, my first Olympia, mm -hmm. things got a little, got, got better for me as far as I don't really have to spend too much out of my pocket. Um, and then I just, yeah. That's good. Well, you you got to get to that, that level. You know, if you're good enough as a woman. Yeah, walk. but it, it is hard to get to that level. Yeah. But I've endured all of that. I've been, been through it all, you know, coming out of my pocket. But that's what you got to do sometimes. You know, this is what you want. And mm. a lot of people have full-time jobs while they're doing this. And some people just, you know, um, live off sponsorships mm. and, and money that they get from shows. So there's a bunch of different uh, sides to it. It just depends on how much, mm. how much do you want it, right? This is more of like, yeah. This is more of like a general question, but I feel like everybody has their own definition or their own perception of what an ideal right. body is. And I'm wondering like, what what is your ideal body? Mine. Hopefully that's a good question. Kidding. Uh, I <laughs> Defined? said mine. <laughs> oh, yours. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> Yours. I would say, I would say whatever you are comfortable in. I would say a, a healthy body, not too lean, maybe a little bit of muscle there, which will keep you, keep the fat off somewhat. Um, curvy, I, ideal shape, maybe a little bit of definition, you know, a little bit of shoulders. I would, that's what I would say. I mean, what we show on stage, I mean, it, it's cool to see, but it's not healthy. You can't walk around like that. Um, I love my physique. I love my I physique off season, right in that middle stage, you know, probably about 10, 15 pounds off of, off of stage. That's, that's what I like. But yeah, I like the whole, you know, a little bit, a little bit of muscle there, a little bit of definition with some fullness, a little bit of curviness. But then again, just something healthy. I mean, a lot of people walk around five, five, 
280 pounds full of muscle. I mean, it's not, uh, I guess, probably to the eyes not considered healthy, but if you feel good, you know, walking around with that physique, if it's something that you can maintain and carry around, then I think that's good. So feeling good is I the ideal. So. But quick question. Um, you, you think the, um, so when you guys are on like stage and you have your stage body, you don't think that's like the healthiest state necessarily. Obviously you guys are maintaining that forever, but you don't think that's like a healthy state. Oh to be no, in, I'm sure people know that because you're depleted. You're up there. We have to cut water just to show the muscles that mm. we, you know, that we have just to show that definition and these tie in, gotcha. you have to, you have to cut water. So there's mm -hmm. no way you can be healthy. We're dehydrated. We're dehydrated. We're miserable. We look so good. Got we're it. so pretty. We're so handsome, but we are miserable. Oh God! But you love that, though. You guys, in a way, you're miserable, but you live for that. It's like an interesting dichotomy. Some people are. Some people are miserable. Some people um, are pretty extreme with their process. Everybody's different. Everybody has to do what they have to do to bring what they bring. What they bring. So some people probably can handle mm -hmm. it. I'm sure. Some people look like they're just out there having the time of their lives and. Um, their dry out process or their depletion period, their peak week probably was, you know, different from someone else's. So I'm not going to say that about everybody, but a lot of, a lot of people can state that they, um, you know, just are tired and ready to eat. You always hear that ready to get some water, ready to eat. So a lot of, uh, the competitors out there are dehydrated. So, um, and depleted, as I said before, so that's not healthy. You don't want to, to carry around that or, or look like that all the time. Yeah. Hmm. What is your favorite meal to eat after a competition? Like what is the first thing that you go to and you're like, all right, this is it. I'm going to go devour. I, I don't, all of it. I, I don't, um, every show is different, which is, um, which is funny. That might be, a, be that way for a lot of people, but every show is different. There's nothing specific that I have to have after each show. So this, um, last year after I competed, it was pizza. Um, and it was weird the year before that, I think it was, I just wanted some, some dark chocolate. So it's, it's just probably a, what my body was deprived of, you know, that, that particular show or that particular year, but it, it's always different. I always feel deprived of chocolate. <laughs> so I always make sure that I have some handy. When I was dieting, I just had a large craving for mm. nuts. And I would eat so many cashews. Oh no, it was bad. I was so bloated that you wouldn't want to be around me. It was it was horrible. I, it was a low fat diet, and uh, I was performing great at CrossFit. It was like very good for that. But and I, and I was eating really healthy, and I just was so mad that I could not have an almond. I never thought I'd be angry that I couldn't eat almonds. That's tough. I feel like women. <laughs> so I, feel I like women really need that. Yeah. You know, I've played around with a lot of different diets and stuff like that, but oh, yeah. um, I feel like that's mm -hmm. when I had the low carb, high fat. I feel like that just made me feel so good. Yeah. So the rule breakers uh, lesson here is that you know, if your nutritionist tells you how to have a low fat diet, then you should, you should be like, like screw you. You don't understand fat. what's going. Yes. On. <laughs> screw you. I'm eating an <laughs> avocado. <laughs> Or a burger. Or avocado on my <laughs> or burger. Pizza with lots of what what other things are fatty? Uh ice cream. <laughs> okay, so cream eat some of that. In general. Or um Water. straight up 
Just butter. Just, just eat, eat a eat stick a, of butter. Just eat a stick of butter. That's oh. it. Well, I'm from Oklahoma, so we have all the fatty foods that you need in the Midwest, fried chicken, steak, you name it, butter. Now I'm getting hungry. and I- <laughs> I'm about to go. I'll talk to y'all later. I'm about so, to eat. Since Anya's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's wrap it up. Our, our, last, our last question. When's one time that you've broken a rule? Maybe that's a real weird question. Well, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to change that up. Uh, yeah, no, I'm curious. What what does being a rule breaker mean to you? Because we you're in a <laughs> yeah, because you're in a space where you know you were the first woman of color to to win Miss Olympia, uh, and you have kind of started trailblazing a path for others to follow as a result. And, you know, I know that you've talked about some of the hurdles that you faced as a woman of color and just also as a woman in this space. But, yeah, what is what is being a rule breaker mean to you? I would say doing just doing what you want. I mean, you always have a standard. You always have a criteria. You always have something that you're supposed to follow. Fuck it. Just do what you want to do. I mean, I feel like if it's good enough. So if you want to eat that stick of butter. At the end of the day, you feel good. Unless and you're you lactose have to deal intolerant. with it yourself. But I mean, it's it's not the end of the world. That's the thing for me. I mean, everything things could be so much worse for a lot of people. It's not the end of the world if you happen to break a rule or if you happen to not be, you know, be what somebody thinks that you should be, or you don't perform the way that somebody feels like you should. It's it's not the end of the world, you know. Um just be grateful. And that's what I feel like a, a, a rule breaker is to do. Just do what do what works for you. Do what you're supposed to do. And then if it if it's it's gonna get noticed, you know, if it's meant to be and it won't be denied. And that's what I feel like I did on my path, you know, um, my on my journey in this sport. It was like, yeah, I don't look like everybody else, but I'm still gonna come. I'm still gonna bring, I'm not gonna give up. That's yeah, that's breaking the rules right there, not giving up. I was like, ain't no way I'm ever going to win. Ain't no way I'm ever going to get looked at. But I'm still doing it because I love it. That's breaking the rules right there. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. Well, thanks, Latoya, for being on the podcast Absolutely. with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Time to recap. All right. So she's... She has an interesting background, and I, I, I find the part where she wasn't really into sports at all uh, growing up, and then suddenly is like, you know what, I'm dating this dude who likes to lift. I'm going to lift and follow him around the gym. And then she's like, actually, I'm pretty good at this. I'm going to become a champion in it. I think this, like, this transition that took place in what seems like a very short amount of time is very fascinating and now this is literally what she does for a living yeah i mean it it's amazing how many people we've talked to who've kind of just fallen into things and they just get addicted and just keep rolling that's how things happen you know what have you gotten addicted to adele oh what have i gotten addicted to that i didn't think i would i mean obviously crossfit but that's not interesting what is more like surprising um Probably anime as a child. <laughs> anime. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where I was watching episode upon episode. Like, my summers were spent just watching shit. 
and then I ended up moving to Japan because of it. So it changed my world. I had an addiction to watching infomercials, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> every that Saturday, is weirder than mine. Every Saturday morning when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, shit. This new vacuum cleaner is killing it. <laughs> and I would order stuff on my mom's credit card, and then, then I'd get grounded. Anyway. And you uh, kept doing it. And I kept doing it. Listen, I was a rule breaker, all right? <laughs> what was, like, the most surprising or, like, weird buy from that time? Uh, the most surprising, well... I was bought it QVC. Were you watching QVC? No, but I think the thing that I most got addicted to was uh, Tybo. So I bought literally like all the DVDs, and I would just be double timing it in my living room. Well, that that was a pos- that's a positive thing. It was. I never got into the spandex so that Billy Banks wore. So that might be a good thing that I didn't follow that trend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, there are positive addictions and there are negative ones, but I would say the the typo is a positive thing, as is bodybuilding in some cases, yes. Well, and for, for LaToria, though, she, I think the dedication that goes into bodybuilding is really incredible, right? You, just how they have to measure their food, the supplements that they have to take, really like focusing on certain key parts of their body that they need to like she was talking about rounding her shoulders more and how that's something that she may sometimes have to focus on like it's just these little tiny nitpicky things that I don't really think about when I'm working out and I certainly do not think about diet in the same capacity that she does whatsoever so just like the mental state that goes into getting ready for these competitions Mm -hmm. And you can only train for so many competitions a year. It's not like, because the way that she described it is it's not necessarily healthy. So you you couldn't necessarily train for a competition like every week. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could have asked her this, but I, I didn't. Um, because it's a sport that's so based upon aesthetics and presentation, I'm wondering if like you could throw a bodybuilder into any sport, what would they be the best at? I don't know if anyone in the audience might have a guess or take a stab at that. If you do, you should leave a comment on our podcast and uh, see what you guys think. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a different way of thinking about athleticism and how it's presented. I think the sport that they would be the best at would be throwing me on their shoulders and carrying me around New York City so I don't have to walk anymore. Yes, an Anyathon. Yes. That's, a, that's an actual sport. <laughs> Look it up. It's in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, <laughs> the Adele edition. So if anybody wants to volunteer, not in a creepy way, all right, I'll be here at the Shadow League. Find me. Hit me up. I'll be sitting this one out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, thanks for listening, and... Uh, Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Please uh, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, subscribe, listen, leave five stars, and a really nice rating review. Please do. Bye. Later.